Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a late episode of the Ring Rope Roundup. I am joined, as ever, by Harry Kettle. How are you, my friend? I am very well, fresh off a holiday off the coast of Africa in sunny, sunny Gran Canaria, and ready to chat all things pro wrestling. Wonderful. I'm sure the collective British audience absolutely hate you right now, but there we are. What a week you missed in wrestling. Uh, where to begin? Well, let's start with the biggest news in pro wrestling at the moment, and that is, of course, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega happening at Wrestle Kingdom 12. Wow. What are your opinions on this? Well, it was odd because I... Um... I'm a big UFC fan as well, and I, uh, when I was on holiday, I made a point to kind of go out my way and watch the UFC fights. And then woke up the um, next morning, watched all the fights, and then I was like, oh my god, nothing's going to top this in sport this weekend, nothing. And I go and relax by the pool, I check my phone, and Chris Jericho's facing Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 12. And I just, it, it's, um, it's the most Jericho thing possible, leading everyone to believe and hinting on Twitter that it's going to be on the cruise and then actually turning around and signing for New Japan. I mean, it's, they needed to do something big for Kenny because he, he wasn't going to be in the main event two years in a row with Naito against uh, Okada. I mean, I'm not the biggest no. New Japan fan, but I know that much. And I think they, it was important for them to make sure there was a marking match for a guy that who knows in a couple in a couple of years may well make the switch over to WWE but i think it's it's great it people should go in with low expectations because i'm not you know Jericho isn't the man he used to be in 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 that sense necessarily but i'm excited and i thought the way they went about it was very good yeah absolutely and there's been a lot of rumors that the WWE first of all didn't know anything about it and now rumours are beginning to surface that WWE actually did know things about it, and Jericho is in fact still under contract to the WWE. So there are contrasting stories, but just the possibilities, just the slightest possibilities of doors this could open for cross-promotional events between WWE and New Japan. I know it's optimistic, but even so, it still makes you think, wow, these things could actually happen. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was watching Raw this week, and I actually kind of that thought came into my head a little bit of invasions and things like that. Obviously, we've seen a couple invasions and storylines of that nature before, and we've seen the whole Raw SmackDown thing lately. But my query and my wonder with things like that is, who's going to benefit the most? Size? Will there be one side that's got kind of more of an advantage over the other? And it's it, how do you book it? Is and I guess it it's interesting, but. I've been taught so much in the last few years so often to kind of keep my feet firmly on the ground when it comes to getting high expectations for out there storylines and booking, I guess. Yeah, and obviously we take everything that we hear with a pinch of salt, but the fact that this is happening, um, yes, Jericho is approaching 50, which in itself makes me feel old, Um the fact that he's approaching 50 has got a lot of people concerned that he's not going to be able to perform at the level that New Japan expect their superstars to perform. But he's in the ring with Kenny Omega, a literal five-star wrestling machine. You know, this guy could have five-star matches with anyone you put him in the ring with. I mean, he had a fantastic match with Juice Robinson 
of all people, who was the old CJ Parker from NXT. Had a fantastic match with him. So to say that he's not going to have an excellent match with Jericho because of his age is ridiculous. Jericho's not stupid. He's a clever wrestler. He's a ring general. What he doesn't have in the ability in the ring anymore, he will make up for in storytelling. It will be a fantastic match. It will definitely be a fantastic match. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think that no matter what, Jericho wouldn't have got into this if he didn't think he could pull off something big, like you say. Um, I think that Kenny will... He, he's he, he, The thing about people, him that people seem to gloss over is that he's a very smart wrestler and he, he knows the limitations and he knows what the person that he's in the ring opposite can handle and can take, I think, to a certain extent. And yeah. I think... Obviously, he's not going to wrestle a match against Chris Jericho like he would against Kazuchika Okada. That's that much is you know a given. And oh, yeah. I think the fact that this is going to be two or three weeks before the Rumble, I don't think that's a coincidence. And I like obviously I don't I know it's not coincidence in terms of they wouldn't have planned it that way. But I think they're going to go out there and show that whilst the road to WrestleMania is good, maybe maybe Wrestle Kingdom is is starting to kind of push them a little bit in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, the card for Wrestle Kingdom 12 does look absolutely fantastic. You've got Cody Rhodes versus Kota Ibushi, which is a match that I'm really looking forward to. You've already um, spoken about Naito versus Okada. That's you know that's going to be five stars, without a shadow of a doubt. Meltzer loves him some New Japan, so I'm sure that will be five stars. But moving away from this news, we then had Raw and SmackDown take place in our good UK. And good grief, so much happened so much happened. I mean, we're going to try and summarise two shows very quickly before looking at last night's Raw and possibly looking a bit ahead to SmackDown tonight. But, I mean, the main thing for me that came out of Raw last week was, A, Pete Dunne. Yeah. Pete Dunne debuted on the main roster, which in my opinion is where he needs to stay. Um, he won't because he's already defending the NXT, uh, sorry, the NXT, the United Kingdom Championship on the pre-show of TakeOver War Games. I know. On the pre-show against yeah. Johnny Gargano, which you've got two of the best workers in your company on the pre-show when Cassius Ono versus um, Lance Sullivan, Lars Sullivan, I don't even know his name. That's how little I care about him. He's on the main card. It, it baffles me, but I will get into one of my stereotypical rants if I go on about that too much. <laughs> but... The man is just oozes just charisma. He is going to be fantastic. I mean, he's 20, is he 23, 24 years old? Pete Dunne, he is, I, I'm going to go with 24. A little bit of, uh, I think you're right. Inside journal. 24, 24 years of age. He's 24 years of age and look what he can do already. He's a star in the making. He is. He's, he's going to be fantastic on the main roster. They botched his entrance though, didn't they? Oh my God, did they ever. <laughs> I mean, I... I that's so WWE. Like I've spoken to you especially about this and how when one side of things is going so well, they can't seem to balance that out by having everything going smooth. And it's like, Pete Dunne, nope. great. Kurt Angle comes out to his music. What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, I just, no words. No. I mean, my favourite moment, there was someone on YouTube who's posted a video and it's of Pete Dunne's day. It's obviously great inequality. He's taken on a phone. But um, he debuts... 
and Kurt Angle comes out, and in a really thick Scottish accent, you hear someone go, oh, he's lost his hair. Ha! It's just absolutely fantastic. (laughs) It's my favourite thing. But obviously, they then debuted the rest of the UK division on 205 Live, to which they then had Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate's the ex-United Kingdom champion, uh, a member of British Strong Style. Job clean to Enzo Amore. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm all for making you champion look strong. But when your champion is a chicken shit heel, for God's sake, at least have some distraction in there. Don't make him job out clean. Yeah, I, I thought that the good work that they did with Pete Dunne on Monday was com- not completely, but 90% undone on Tuesday. The fact that... Because the thing was, when Pete Dunne came out, I knew that it was because he was in the UK. But for some reason, when the UK championship guys came on Tuesday to tour up blah blah my, my brain didn't register that it was because they were in England so I thought maybe this is where they introduced them all on a permanent basis you know maybe this maybe that and then as Enzo was doing his you know 20 minute rant or well it felt like two hour rant to all of the guys like Jordan Devlin and all them I I just oh, it soon sunk in that like this is just a, a tool in which they can use to try and push him more and I, I didn't like it. I thought that the Pete Dunne um, debut was good, apart from obviously the botched entrance. I like that he had the title with him. Yeah. Um, like you said, I don't I don't really understand the logic of the whole uh, Johnny Gargano thing. I think it, it's it, it's WWE personified. Start off promising and then just dying a slow, painful death. Tail off at the end, absolutely. Um, I mean, in other news, we had a average guitar and a pole match. Vince Russo would have been proud, um, oh. which Jason Jordan won with the world's most mild reception. Oh. Um, obviously, he was then announced as the fifth member, though we know that's not true anymore. Indeed. Um, and then the only th- there was two things. Then um, it was Nia Jax and Alicia Fox versus Bailey and Sasha Banks in a typical WWE. We've got women look at this tag match. Yeah. Um, Sasha then taps Alicia Fox with the bank statement, which is a strong way for your captain to go. Um, Banks then makes the team, and Alicia Fox completely ignores Bailey, which I don't know if that was deliberate or whether they are trying to play into her character, but it was not a good look for the hugger. Um, and to be honest, even in the UK, where she still gets a all right reception compared to the American audiences. Um, she's struggling with credibility for me, Harry. Yeah, she's she's struggling with everything for me, Rob. Really, like I just at the minute, I just I'm just not interested. And we we said it. I think my first appearance on the show, we went on about not being interested, not being that, not being this. But the whole thing, like I'm so uninterested for this women's match compared in comparison to everything else. Like, I mean, what in all senses. Having people who were on the same team fight each other a couple of weeks before a big match against the rival team, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I get that obviously no. you need to suspend some kind of disbelief, but I just can't. And yeah, Bailey treading water. Many of the women on Raw and to a degree SmackDown treading water. It's it's bad, and I'm not. I, I don't like. I mean, I think that. The sheer magnitude of this Survivor Series card, which obviously we will get into in more detail. Absolutely. Um, the sheer magnitude of it is going to drag this up because I think it's, I, I, you know, who doesn't like a good elimination match? If, if people who don't like those good five-on-five Survivor Series matches that have even even an ounce of story, 
you need to check your pulse. Like, I, they're, they're, it's good stuff. Like, just look at last year. It was good. Oh, God, yeah. And, um, but yeah, no interest, no fascination for me. No, and it's a shame because she came up from NXT and she had such a presence, you know, such a character coming in. And the WWE, honestly, I've never seen them botch someone so quickly as uh, as they have done Bailey. But speaking of the women treading water that you went into before, um, I've got a theory that if Peyton Royce doesn't get the championship at NXT TakeOver War Games, with the influx of May Young Classic women's talent, I think we'll be seeing Peyton Royce and Billy Kay on the main roster sooner rather than later. And if those two come up, that's even more spots that the likes of Tamina, the likes of Bailey, and the likes of, you know, Alicia Fox, Dana Brooke, they're going to struggle to get TV time. Yeah, and I think it's it's an interesting thing with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, especially they're good examples because I think when you take someone like that and or an act like the iconic duo down in NXT, something that works or something that works to a degree or an extent that maybe you don't necessarily think can be pushed to the top, and then you translate that into the main roster, you 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 might get an instance like. Elias, like you, you might get someone who for a little bit is thrust into a more prominent position than they were down in developmental, but they may not necessarily be able to sustain that for an extended period of time. Now, I think that in terms of the other women not getting as much time, you're right. And it feels like as much as we're trying to push this Divas revolution, we're just they're trying to push the idea that they can wrestle now more. They're trying to push the idea that they can wrestle, but yet they're slowly seeping back into this idea of we'll give them these quick matches and they won't necessarily mean much and like you said people like Bailey really going to struggle and I think this kind of thing is why I'm a big proponent of if needs be if if it, it may look bad but if needs be put people back down in NXT for a while I know it's a, a demotion and you, there's no other way to spin it but maybe sometimes that's necessary for the development and furthering of a character. Maybe you need to do that. Like Tyson Kidd, if, you know, Tyson Kidd went down to NXT, came back up, won the tag team titles with Cesaro. Yeah. Yeah, it worked for Emma. Yeah. You know, it it worked to a lesser extent for the Hype Bros, but they were certainly more prevalent in NXT than they ever were on the main roster. Yeah. So, but, you know, it's going to be tough times ahead for Bailey, even if she eventually does make the Survivor Series team. Spoiler. And then the final thing about Monday Night Raw from the United Kingdom was Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins dropped the tag titles to the bar. I was a fan of this. Um, On one hand, I didn't like the fact that the Shield that you are trying to kind of build as a strong faction dropped the titles so soon after getting them. That I wasn't a fan of. I was a fan of how they did it, though. Um... I enjoyed the fact that the New Day came down, distracted them. You got this whole Is Under Siege Part 2 happening um, and the fact that it was basically Sheamus just being an opportunist as opposed to them cleanly beating the Shield. This way, we've got the Shield, the full Shield this time, not makeshift Shield, um, with whatever they can piece together as they have been doing on the live shows, um, versus the New Day, which I think is going to be an absolutely stellar match. I really do think that's going to be an absolutely excellent match. Um, where the tag titles go from here, whether you put them back on the shield or whether you try and elevate another tag team, I don't know how close the Revival are to uh, coming back, something like that, but 
overall, I'm a fan of the New Day Shield, uh, New Day Shield feud. I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. I think the fact that these two teams haven't fought each other before makes sense, given the like the time scales of you know when they got together, when they broke up, and things like that. It's it's whether it's fallen into place and they've been gifted it or whether or not they've booked it, doesn't matter. This is great. This is brilliant. I think you've still got a great match in Sheamus and Cesaro against the Usos because the Usos are kind of moving into more of a babyface role anyway. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it works. And the New Day needs something like this. They're building upon the whole Usos thing. They're getting the more serious side. They were leading the siege. This is what we need to see from them. They're not necessarily heels. They're not necessarily baby faces. They are tweeners somewhere in the middle. And something else that I need to point out, Seamus, the Celtic warrior, is the king of weird title victories. My case in point, TLC 2009. He beats John Cena for the title, WWE Championship, by pushing him weirdly through a table. Money in the Bank. <laughs> I forgot about Money that. in the Bank 2010. No, not many banks. Sorry, Fatal Four Way 2010. There's a Fatal Four Way match. Uh, the Nexus completely interfere and ruin the match. Sheamus just steals a pin out of nowhere and wins the title from John Cena. Survivor Series 2015. He wins the title from Roman Reigns by cashing in, cashing in, in. as confetti falls around the ring. And now he just broke kicks someone out of nothing and wins the title without even a second's notice of people taking note. That is my that's my fun quirky note is that Seamus is the <laughs> king of weird title wins. Love it. And you know what? I love I've I appreciate Seamus far more since he's been with Cesaro than I ever did as a singles competitor. I mean it's, um, yeah, what a guy. And he's got a, he's got a Liverpool I'm not a Liverpool fan by any stretch, but he's a, he's got a Liverpool FC badge on his like jacket that he wears. He seems to collect these badges from everywhere he goes. He's a <laughs> yeah. soldier. I love it. Oh, I I absolutely adored the fact that both of them came out in Liverpool shirts. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Oh my God. Um, I think that was on the live show. Yeah. Was it on the live show? Was it on Raw? It on Raw. I, I, I don't know. I think it might have been on Raw. Uh, they, they merge into one, but even <laughs> so, talk about a simple heel tactic. That's amazing. Whether Cesaro knew anything about it, but <laughs> I don't know, but absolutely fantastic. Um, Smackdown then the following night. I have one massive gripe with SmackDown at the moment and when the brand split first took place Stephanie had a 20 minute segment at the start of every single pissing show and it wound me up because it was just it was boring it was the same thing she'd run down the talent she'd go through all this and then we'd go into the show Shane took a back seat which I I loved him and Daniel Bryan had a really good relationship and then fantastic the show would centre around the wrestling. The last three, four, maybe even five Smackdowns have started with Shane coming down to the ring and it's becoming very central around Shane. And I don't like that because I hate having the McMahon in the middle of the in the middle of the feud. And I understand that it works into exactly what Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are saying about him, about how it is all about him. I appreciate that. But even so, I don't want every single time SmackDown starts I don't want here comes the money and Shane walked down and then he just goes on about how we're the dominant brand um you know this is what's happening I'm inserting myself into the match because I am an amazing wrestler if he's if he's the last one standing at SmackDown I'm gonna be livid and the weirdest thing about it is he's doing this as a baby face 
why? Why does why does it? And I guess people are saying that he's kind of a heel, but he's not, is he? He's, he's just he's just kind of got our ahead of the curve in terms of this thing. And his heel sister Stephanie still wants to rip him limb from limb. Obviously, these kind of heel face dynamics don't matter so much when you've got a storyline like this. But come on, people, let's just let's let's not like you say, let's not have Shane turn into his sister. I mean, goodness me, he's a forty-seven-year-old man, and he's just wearing his you know, his jumpman shoes and he's pretending that he's 20 years younger. And that's, if he wants to do that as the commissioner, fine. If he wants to do that as the man who opened SmackDown for 20, 30 minutes, I've got a problem too. Yeah, it's it's just repetitive. And obviously Stephanie's now back on Raw and lo and behold, Stephanie then comes in, lays into Kurt for two weeks in a row. Why? Just leave the man alone, for God's sake. Go away, Stephanie McMahon. Oh my God. Oh, I, I know we'll talk about it, but I hate how she treated him. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. She's not adding anything. She's not adding anything. If I had a, she's adding nothing oh, to the show at all. If my table didn't have my Mac on it, I would flip it upside down. I hate the woman. Well, I realize that she has no credibility at all. And it is because 2016 survivor series. Okay. You've got the men's team in the ring and she says to it, I, I want you to fight like your jobs are on the line or jobs depend on it because they do. Sure enough, Raw lost. No consequences whatsoever. Yep. Um, okay, you know, Kurt Angle, if you don't win the Survivor Series match, you're going to be fired. Are you boot? Mm. Are you hell going to be fired, Kurt? You're going to have a WrestleMania match with Triple H. It's going to be good. And we're all going to love you all the same. Stephanie, sod off. Why are you back? If there was something that brought her back, fine. You know, like Vince now, he only comes back for big announcements. Stephanie can sod off. She's just trying to be her dad in the 21st century. It's not working. Breach. Exactly. Um, anyway, so SmackDown opened with that. The New Day came, which made it better, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn then came, and that made it even better because everything Kevin Owens touches turns to gold. I love that man. He's incredible at everything. I don't care that he's been sent home for jobbing to the or not wanting to job to the New Day or whatever he got sent home for. Love him. Um, this Sami Zayn heel turn is the best thing on SmackDown because he's so relatable and everything he says is true which makes him even more of a detestable here. I absolutely love it. Everything about it. And I just hope that they have a prevalent role on Survivor Series because I want to see them on my TV. Yeah, and it's weird because the whole Sami Zayn thing, I didn't think I'd like it. Sami being my favourite wrestler and all. And it's worked and it's worked. I, I have been worked officially. I've been worked by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I think that initially I thought them being sent home was a work doesn't seem like that's the case but I think they it looks like they're going to be back against New Day this week which is yeah which thankfully there's no they're not going to go off and join Bullet Club like everyone else um <laughs> but I'm yeah I'm, I'm I'm happy with this I'm happy with how things are going I think that it gives New Day something else to kind of do uh, I feel like a shield retaliation tonight is imminent which I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, absolutely I, I think that yeah, it was interesting seeing everything come out about this segment from last week with New Day and uh, uh, Zayn and Owens. I think they are the very much the focal point, and they do need a role at Survivor Series. I just hope it's not as I don't. I I almost don't want it to be that they cost SmackDown because I feel like that is a you that is a tool that is used year in and year out for these Survivor Series matches, and maybe. It doesn't need to be done that way, or at least maybe they can keep us guessing somehow. 
seems very predictable, and it seems that every wrestling fan and his dog is of the opinion that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are somehow, pardon me, going to cost SmackDown the men's match. Yeah. Um, I hope it's not as predictable as that. I hope they make an appearance. I hope they do something, but we'll see. Um, going to briefly speak about Randy Orton versus Rusev. Um, so, Randy Orton won. Uh, Rusev, if he'd have won this match, would have been the fifth member of the Survivor Series team. Uh, sure enough, one RKO later, Randy Orton, who needs all the momentum in the world, uh, goes over. So, Rusev is not the fifth member of the Survivor Series team. We find out later that it's John Cena. John Cena, who did not have to have a qualifying match against Randy Orton, he just walks in. So, that's a nice message to send to your talent, isn't it? Randy Orton makes me sad. Randy Orton tried to ruin my WrestleMania 33 trip by destroying Bray Wyatt. I do not like him. I used to love him. He annoys me. You had to mention WrestleMania 33, didn't you? You had to mention Bray Wyatt's burial. I always oh. have to mention it. It seeped into my soul. Oh, man. It's it's my, it's my the worst match of... Uh, even including their House of Horrors match. It's the, it's the worst match of 2017, without a shadow of a doubt. Yep. Just not because of the wrestling, but because of the implications and everything that's come after it. It's a terrible match. I hate Randy Orton. Bray, I still love you. Don't worry. Um, moving on from that, just because I don't understand the booking of making Rusev in the original Siege the focal point of it, along with the New Day, and then he is the only one not appearing. It just it makes no logical sense to me. And when you've got a talent such as Rusev, who's not doing anything now, I mean, if this is still punishment for him cutting his hair, for God's sake, WWE, get a grip. Get a bloody grip. Um, anyway. I, I, yeah, I honestly, I honestly think that this is them... I think this is them taking people for granted. This is them thinking that Roos is a company man, he's going to keep his job, you know, he's, he's not going to want to leave. So they feel like they can take him for granted and then pick him up and put him back down whenever they want. Like, I don't know, someone like Mark Henry, maybe, comes to mind. And... It mm. just it annoys me, but it's what they do, and yeah, it is. Like, they always seem to keep us watching, so I guess we can't complain too much. We can't complain too much. Um, we had the intergender match next. Um, Ellsworth versus Becky Lynch, um, which was preceded by a rather awkward promo, as it's Manchester, not Womanchester. Harry, didn't oh. you know? Huh. Um, I felt really uncomfortable watching this. Really uncomfortable. Yep. Um, and if it had been executed as I feel it was meant to be as a comedy match, as it has been doing on the live circuit they've been doing around Europe, where he's been absolutely destroyed by every woman competitor, um, that's fine. But as soon as Ellsworth gets a bit of offense in, yes, it was just a couple of shoves, I don't want to see that. No. I don't want to see that. And word is out at the moment that uh, WWE are putting a trademark on, I can't remember the exact phrasing of it, but the intergender stipulation, a a version of that. And if that means more of these are coming, I don't want to see it. I really don't. Because it's not the Attitude Era. What worked in the Attitude Era no longer works. I didn't enjoy watching Bubba Ray put people through tables. Well, I did at the time, I don't anymore. (laughs) You know, I don't want to see that I don't tune into wrestling to see women versus men I never have done really so why bring it back 
I just, I don't understand. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, I don't like it. No, I'm not a fan. I think that to an extent, I think uh, Becky Lynch against James Ellsworth, Ellsworth could have worked in some shape or form, like you said, to a comedy match or something. Uh, if the roles were were reversed, I think if the roles were reversed, sorry, people would be going <laughs> mad. People would be throwing things at their TV. But you know, that's neither here nor there. I think it. it Ellsworth has got a uh, expiration date, I think, for me anyway, and I think that we're coming up to that point now. I think that he's he's had a good run considering, you know, what he was meant to be initially, just a normal jobber for Braun. But I think um, the time is slowly coming for him to kind of fade off into the background, maybe. But I could be wrong. They could do something different. They could turn it around. Um, yeah, I just, it's not for me. No, Um Ellsworth, if he'd have disappeared after the whole AJ Styles Dean Ambrose thing, I'd have been happy. Yeah. Um, because some people would say that the Carmelo and James Ellsworth thing has been good. I disagree, but I suppose you have got to treat him with a bit of respect. He is the first ever women's money in the bank holder. So, oh, to be fair, my man. Yeah. So, just going to put that back in there. Um, <laughs> last thing I'm going to mention. We have a new WWE champion that isn't terrible on the microphone, doesn't walk around the ring like a wardrobe full of clothes. AJ Styles is the WWE champion. Thank Christ. Woo! It's over. It is over. Um, I, oh, Obviously, WWE ruined it for everyone that wasn't ruined, uh, watching it live um, by posting, spoiler, on the app. And the notification came through, championship change. It's like, well, that's only going to be one thing, isn't it, really? Because they're not going to have the Usos drop the titles as well as the Shield, are they? So that kind of ruined it for me. But I don't care. Jinder Mahal is not champion. It doesn't look like he's getting a rematch on the Indian tour because he's obviously facing Triple H and one of the dates has been pulled anyway, as of today, I've heard. So they're making it a super show for one night only, and Jinder is facing Triple H. So, obviously, the whole experiment of having Jinder champion to try and break the Indian market hasn't really worked. Nope, it hasn't worked. It's been a, it's, it's been a bomb. I think that it's nice to give him this kind of consolation prize of a Triple H match. I think that that's decent. Um, for me, when I was watching... I, uh, I, I saw on Twitter someone actually posted a link because um, there was a wrestling gifts uh, Twitter account that I follow, and they were posting links as the match was going on of AJ against Jinder when it was being taped initially in England, and mm-hmm. um, for some reason there was a link to it. So I don't know whether they got like a behind the scenes thing and were uploading it to YouTube or whatnot. Um, but I put that on, um, and I was—I think I was in the toilet, and I was like, "Well, the commentary's there, which is odd." And so I don't know what happened. Maybe they got an advanced screening or whatever. So I watched it live. And as the match went on, you could kind of tell something was maybe going to happen. And yeah, I think it's a great moment for England. It's not England. As it is. <laughs> we will take it. Absolutely. I know what you mean. It's the greatest moment since Queen Elizabeth was anointed. Yes. No, um, I thought that... It's up there. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a great It's a great thing. It's just a great thing, I think, that... To say that we've had a WWE Championship change is obviously you know, a massive, massive deal. I think mm-hmm. to say that AJ is the champion and he became champion in our country is great. And I think that Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles is going to be wonderful. 
Oh, it's it's going to be fantastic. It brings more credibility to that match. It brings more credibility to Survivor Series as a whole. And it certainly brings so much more credibility to the championship, which was fading very, very quickly. When it becomes the title that is secondary to the one held by Baron Corbin, you know that something needs to change. And now, fingers crossed, if the WWE are nice, which we know they're not, but... Nakamura will win the Rumble, and we will have AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania 34, yes, which will be lovely. Yep, yes, which will be incredible. Yep. But that was SmackDown. Anyway, we've got a Raw that we had last night, and wow, even more stuff happened because apparently the WWE just want to feed us full of stuff before Survivor Series to try and make us watch the pay-per-view. And it succeeded. I thought Raw was really good again last night. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought that it was... Um, yeah, it was, it was fun. I thought that um, there were obviously notable things that happened. There were things that annoyed me that happened that we will obviously get into. I think as a whole, I think you could call it a good show. And I think that t- yeah. tonight is really going to... Tonight is obviously what we'll get onto a bit. Will be what sets the pace for Survivor Series on Sunday. But yeah, we'll we'll get into the gritty details overall. Yeah, um, I'm going to start with the opening. Um, Kurt Angle comes to the ring, as does Stephanie, uh, to run Kurt down once again for an indecipherable reason. To be perfectly honest, Stephanie just enjoys running people down. Um, Whereas with Mick Foley, the, you know, beaten GM role sort of worked. I feel Kurt deserves more. Um, I mean, he hasn't been at his best with this whole GM thing. Um, He started strongly and then he's just kind of faded into the background. He'll come out of the star raw, lay out what's happening and then disappear. But why on earth they brought Stephanie back and are attempting to recycle the same storyline that they used this time last year, I've got no idea. I've got no idea at all. No, and it, I, I think I predicted it, and you could have predicted it a hundred times over that this was going to happen eventually, that Stephanie was going to try and demasculate Kerr, and it makes him look weak. What happened later in the night makes him look weak. Didn't like mm-hmm. anything about this, and I think that Stephanie is a much better place doing what she does behind the scenes and then occasionally appearing. Yes, she can say that she got to come up into WrestleMania 32 and then WrestleMania 33. Yes, she is a good hand to have, and she's great on the mic, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're the whole package when you're in that position, because like we say, making everyone else look foolish is not what you do. It's just not what you do. No, um, and I would go so far as to say the period on Raw where she was not present is the best period since the brand split. Yeah. Because Raw has been kind of must-watch TV again, and I feel that without the Stephanie promo, without Stephanie constantly demasculating female talent and male talent without any comeuppance whatsoever, because she is, and I quote, untouchable, it's just, it's boring, it's predictable, and it's happened too often now. She needs to get her ass handed to her once more by Ronda Rousey, and then she needs to leave and just do her backstage stuff and her um, charity work, which she is very good at. She is not for my TV. Please keep her away. Um, the Shield came down, stood up for Kurt Angle, and were then subsequently put in a match as punishment. Um, again, 
this shield thing is really working for me. I'm loving it. I was a cynic when it first happened because I thought it's just a shallow ploy to get Roman Reigns over. And it is, to be fair. But I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'm loving the Shield reunion. Dean Ambrose is reinvigorated at the moment. He's he's the old Dean Ambrose. And I love it. Absolutely love it. However, they were against The Miz and The Bar. Am I correct? Yes. The whole point, I thought, of the Miztourage was to get two guys who were getting no exposure over in Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Yeah. What it appears they are, are effectively lamps on the set of Miz TV because they stand behind huh. Miz, say nothing, and then are kind of pushed to one side when they have a match because the bar are better. So, what is the point of the Miztourage now, I ask? There is no point. Like you say, lamps. Lamps, that all they are. That is all they are. It's a great analogy. I think that Seamus and Cesaro have been put in this position so many times that you could have afforded to have the Miztourage be the team to essentially job out to the Shield. Like, everything they did, you could have put them, like, you could have put Axel and, and Dallas in that position. You really could have, unless they've got injuries behind the scenes and they're selling them, but I don't think that's true because I feel like they may have been on the house show circuit recently. Obviously, Dallas so. had his problems. But, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I almost prefer would have preferred this match to have not happened at all because maybe, the, for me, you know, maybe the first match back for the Shield should have been their match against New Day. Maybe. That's just my <laughs> two cents. But, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. I thought it was, um, it was a very raw thing to do. Yeah, it was. It it was a good match as well. Rowan Reigns got the pin because, of course, he did. Um, but he got a little bit of a pop. So, you know, clearly the WWE's ploy is working. Yep. Uh, we were then... Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, I was going to agree. Uh, okay. We then got um, the triple threat to fill up the last remaining Survivor Series place, which was always going to go to Bailey. Uh, I don't really know why we had this match. Um, but Bailey is the fifth member of Survivor Series, beating out uh, Mickey James and Dana Brooke. Unfortunately, no page. Um, yeah, odd. Yeah, apparently she was spotted at Raw backstage last night. Um, there was pictures of her with Alicia Fox, which is apparently why the WWE have decided not to put her on Survivor Series Raw team because she posted a picture of her and Alicia Fox backstage and that obviously ruined the surprise, which was already ruined because people knew she was backstage. I, I did an article about it on on Saturday or Sunday that she was going to be coming back on Monday. I mean, seriously, that's why they're not going to have done it. That's a bit silly, in my opinion. They punished Rusev for cutting his hair, Harry. Of course they've punished Pace for this. Don't be daft. Um, but there were also rumours that she'll appear tonight on SmackDown. I find that very hard to believe. I don't think she'll be on SmackDown tonight. No. Um... I'd love to see Paige back on TV, and clearly it's going to happen, so I'm happy with that. Just make sure that she debuts, and it's all good. No stupid crowd chants. You know, we know what she did. Just leave it. Yeah. Just let her wrestle. Let her be the person that everyone gets behind, because she is over. Well, she's more over than Bailey anyway. Um, so, yeah, that was that. And then we had Jason Jordan in a match with the returning Bray Wyatt. Oh. Um, so Jordan won 
because I don't think there's a person on earth at the moment that Bray Wyatt could beat. Um, I genuinely think my nan could roll up Bray Wyatt for the win at the moment because he's just got no momentum at all whatsoever. Um, yes, it was with a roll-up out of nowhere, so fine, but why? Why, why, why? Why not keep Bray off to the Royal Rumble? Just give him time to like get some of his heat back. Sister Abigail wasn't mentioned, obviously, because it's stupid. Um, but then Bray kind of got his own back by beating up Jason Jordan, which played into Raw later on, but am I am I being slightly too optimistic by saying that Bray Wyatt is a main event player? Um, right now you are, I think. I think right now, in, 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 in the present moment, I think the better phrase is he could be, uh, or he should be, but... He, he right now that he's very damaged. Like when I was watching, I accidentally skipped over the match, and what I didn't realize was when I the point that I skipped to, he was battering his leg against the against the uh, apron, and I was like, oh, okay. So is this during the match? I don't know if this is happening now, or I don't know if this is <laughs> like I don't know what's going on. I don't know whether or not there's been a disqualification, and then obviously I soon realized that he'd lost, and I think that I think that right now it's just it is a shame and. But it is WWE 101 in a lot of senses is that they are so short-sighted that they can't see past some of their main event players that they feel like they need to utilise in these positions to the jobbers who they've hired for this purpose. They can't actually see that that's what they're there for. And instead mm-hmm. they think we need to put people in positions even if it's not going to make them look that strong. It's just, it's almost like there's no point they, they, there's no point to, like debating at this point because that's it, it, just what they do. And it's so unbelievably frustrating but there we go it really is i mean i understand entirely why jason jordan had to walk out of this match the victor they're trying to get him over but it's just not working it really isn't this entire character you know tlc pretending to be a greengrocer throwing lettuce at elias and everyone was like why what i don't understand this and then you know he looks like a spoilt child comes out beats up elias um, gets put into a match with Bray Wyatt. Still, no pop at all. Nobody cares. He got a serious booing when he was announced as the fifth member of Survivor Series, which is why I think he's been pulled, because people just didn't care. Um, it just... I'd, I just don't get Jason Jordan at all. He can wrestle. You know, good grief the lad can wrestle. But he has got no character whatsoever. And until you work on that, he's not going to get over. It's Apollo Crews all over again you know look at the wrestling yes absolutely fantastic wrestling machine no character whatsoever and i'm going to delve back into this when we talk about the segment where they announced the fifth member of the survivor series team because for me his acting was atrocious absolutely atrocious just none of his lines seemed to it didn't seem sincere at all and it bothered me. It really did, because I just didn't care, to be perfectly honest. It seems that they only WWE only seem to remember to mention that he's Kurt Angle's son every four or five shows. Yeah. Until then, he's just another person thrust into a six-man tag with the Hardys or with Titus Worldwide. Because he's like that lone player that no one really wants on their team. He's Javi Mankio from Newcastle United. <laughs> That's who he is. What a what a reference! Who thought we'd get a Harry Mankio reference on on the pod? 
Oh my life. Uh, I, just so you know, I am a Newcastle United fan, and I absolutely hate Manquillo. That's that's where this has come from. My deep-seated hatred of Javier Manquillo. Well, if we do a podcast in May, you may get my Wolverhampton Wanderers reaction. Should we get promoted? But alas, back to the world <laughs> of pro wrestling. And anyway, yeah, it's 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 it. it, it, it interesting one i think that i kind of want to skip forward now to the point where he's going to turn heel and claim that he was never his son to begin with because whilst it might be a bit typecast and whilst that might be an obvious way to go sometimes the obvious ways are the best ways and i think this is definitely an instance where the most obvious ways are the best ways i get what you're saying about the acting and i did think it was bad but i don't know why i think i might just be a i might love pain i but i just liked it i think that i don't know what it was i think that giving him a chance I know he isn't that much of a talker and I know the acting was bad but I think acting in general in wrestling is bad but I think that the good thing I liked about Jordan was that he was coming up with new things to say and obviously they told him to just go out there and talk they threw him into the deep end they've done it a couple of times now I thought it came across whiny very whiny which was bad and I think that I just I do I can see something in him and I think that he is he is right now what the, the position The Rock was in when he was a babyface the first time around. Obviously, I'm not saying he's going to be as big as The Rock. He's not going to be. But what I am saying is there is something. There's there's something there, and it's more than just a wrestler, I think. I think that I think there's, he's got a knack to him. That maybe it's as a heel or something like that. I think he's had lots of happen to him in storyline over the last kind of six months or year that it would warrant that kind of turn. I think eventually I'm willing to see where the long game goes with Jason Jordan, if there is one. Yeah, I certainly hope that there is one, and this isn't one of WWE's patented. Um, we're just going to leave it there and hope people forget that there was a storyline here, um, i.e. the Raw General Manager. Yeah. But, I don't know, I find it really difficult to get behind Jason Jordan. Hopefully I'm proved wrong, because, like I say, he can wrestle, um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just he's very vanilla to me. Very vanilla. Yeah. Um But what came next was a surprise, let's put it that way. Um the new member of the Survivor Series team, because in this segment it was announced that Bray Wyatt had injured Jason Jordan, so at least Bray Wyatt can do that right. Yeah. Um and he was being replaced by Kurt Angle. Um, Jason Jordan came down to the ring, begged Kurt Angle not to do it. Stephanie came down because, of course, she did. Um, said that if Kurt didn't say it, she would. Then Triple H's music appeared. A massive pop, huge pop, um, because it doesn't matter how old Triple H gets, people love to see Triple H. Um, he came to the ring, um, said that the new member of Survivor Series Team Raw is him. He turns around, pedigrees Jordan, and leaves. It's a beautiful segment. It really is. It's just, it's simplicity at its finest. And do you know what? I love Triple H more and more with age. I really do. He's just, he's just a grizzled badass. Yeah. And he, it worked for me. Really did. The men's team now, the men's five on five elimination looks very, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think when you've got, I think a massive thing was when SmackDown announced that John Cena was going to be the fifth member of Survivor Series Team SmackDown, and you look at Raw's fifth member, and that was Jason Jordan. They don't really compare, do they? Not star power wise. So perhaps this was always going to be the case. Perhaps Creative looked at it and thought we probably need someone else in there, someone who can draw. Um, 
in my opinion, this does mean that Bobby Roode is going to be the first eliminated. Because who else is going to take the first pin? Don't say Nakamura. Oh. Please do not say Nakamura. Oh, I mean, we're going to get a couple eliminations where it's double DQ or double this or double that, I imagine. I think that it's... I like the segment too. I thought that Kurt looked piss poor again. I thought, like, like you said, he just stood there whilst his bracket, quote-unquote, son got pedigreed. I thought, like you said, I think Triple H is fantastic. I agree. I, I like him when he gets better with age. I mean, an aim of mine will be to kind of interview him on one of these WWE conference calls at some point in the future, just because I think that that sums up what he does for the product in and outside of the ring. Like, there were rumours that he was coming back towards the end of the year. He's done loads of house show circuits. He's He's... Sure, he's been going over guys, and sure, he's been looking like a self-obsessed douche by going into the Shield on the house shows. That's not great. But, you know, I, you know like, like you said, I think he's great. And this match, sometimes you've just got to suspend everything you think you know about wrestling. Sometimes you've just got to put what you think you know about wrestling to one side, and you've got to look at the names involved in a match. Shane McMahon, Triple H, Randy Orton, John Cena and Kurt Angle are in a match against each other in 2017. Yeah, absolutely. And then you put together, you know, the talent that they've put with that. You've got Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe. I mean, good God. Just the Raw team in a Fatal Five way would be incredible. going to be fun. Um, I mean, I wasn't a massive fan looking at the Raw team. I wasn't a massive fan of how they put Finn Balor and Samoa Joe into the team. You fight a lot. You can be in our team. Hmm. Kurt, I can I can see a, I can see a possible problem here. Yeah. Um, but I, I was a fan of that match last week where they basically just battered each other to double DQ because that way no one loses. I appreciate that. That's good. Um, kind of builds Finn Balor back up again after his loss to Kane. Um, I... I'm not sure how I feel about them being put in a tag team match. Well, you know, it was only against the club and the club are serial jobbers now, um, which is a shame. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of storylines going into Survivor Series. Um, I don't know who's going to win, though. And that's a beautiful thing. They haven't made it predictable at all. You know, uh, I... Go on. I, I think I think Raw are going to win, but I I'm not like if you want to like in terms of putting money down on, I couldn't put money on that. But I think no. Raw might win, and I think that's going to be big for them given the names on SmackDown's team. Okay, who's going to be your lone survivor? Big bad Braun Strowman. Yeah, he's mine as well. Okay. Um... Who's going to be the last eliminated for SmackDown? Don't say Shane. You are not allowed to say Shane. If it's Shane, I will stop watching. Huh. Uh, I think it's going to be Cena. Um, I'd be surprised if it's not Cena. Um, I'd love it to be Shinsuke. It's not going to be. Um, he hasn't got enough momentum behind him. They aren't building enough of a story around him for it to be Shinsuke. Yeah. I just, I did an article recently about how is the brand split still working? And when you consider you've got Cena now, who's a free agent, just buzzing up, how can he possibly 
have any animosity towards Raw having just fought on a Raw exclusive pay-per-view. Um, you've got Kane attacking people on SmackDown. You've got attacking Daniel Bryan, despite the fact that he is technically still a SmackDown wrestler. <laughs> you know, you've got Jason Jordan just randomly appearing on Raw because he's supposedly Kurt Angle's son. Either have a brand split or don't have a brand split. Don't say we're going to have a bit of a brand split, but people can still appear on either show because that makes no sense. And that annoys me because the whole Kane thing, I thought he was just going to pop up at one show and that'd be it. But no, he is apparently a raw wrestler now. It, so yeah, it's a very, I don't understand. Very good point you bring up. I completely forgot about him being on SmackDown. And I think that you're right. And it is something that annoys me to an extent. I guess I just didn't see it as much um, until now you've just put it out. I think that they do need to make some more, they need to distinguish that differential and I think that if they do end up having maybe an attack tonight they need to be able to make it seem like give reasons as to why it happened like why were they able to get in there why were they able to do that why were they able to do this and stuff like you know stuff like Shane foreshadowing the fact that AJ was going to help them attack Raw in the first under siege stuff like that yeah give us give us some substance to it and um, no it's a good point it is a really good point you bring up there yeah, it's 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 something that's grabbed me a long time since since they made John Cena a free agent and seemingly SmackDown were getting nothing in return for because Cena was a big name on SmackDown. You know, there's no two ways about that. He was the world champion before Bray Wyatt took it off in the Elimination Chamber, so he was he was a main event player as he's going to be. He's John Cena, and to lose that because you know they fancy putting him on Raw to try and boost ratings, that's that's ridiculous. You should have thought about this before you did the brand split, but. I digress massively. That is Raw, SmackDown, Raw, in a nutshell. Looking forward to tonight's SmackDown. We are going to see a Raw retaliation. We have to. It's the SmackDown go-home, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It has to happen. I think they'd look foolish if they didn't. I think blowing off the whole Under Siege thing over the last month with a big, just massive brawl, get those last few WWE Network buys in, have the Raw guys backstage, have Braun Strowman have his Stone Cold Steve Austin-esque moment, just go down to the ring and kick some ass. Yes, let's do it. I'd love to see. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see Samoa Joe. And then, of course, you've got Miz versus Corbin. You know, that feud's really heating up over social media because that's apparently feuds are supposed to be built nowadays. Mm. Um, You've got tonight Charlotte versus Natty for the Women's Championship. Are they going to change that as well? I think so. Do you think Charlotte's going to go over? I think Charlotte's going to go over, and I think that Alexa, they really want to push this pay-per-view. They really want this to... This is this is a WrestleMania card in some ways. Look at some mm. of these matches. Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. The Shield against The New Day. Cesaro and Sheamus, Raw Tag Champs against The Uso, SmackDown Tag Champs. That could be a great match. The 10 people involved in the men's 5-on-5... Any combination of those 10 people at WrestleMania, fantastic. Alexa Bliss against Natty, not a WrestleMania match. Alexa Bliss against Charlotte Flair, yes. I think we're following a pattern. I think Charlotte's going to win the title. And I hate this. I'm not, I don't want to say this. I don't want to say this. It would be the most WWE thing possible for Sin Cara to beat Baron Corbin tonight. <laughs> So you're saying that Alexa Bliss versus Natty 
isn't a WrestleMania match, but you're saying the Miz versus Sin Cara is. I, I'm saying it's not. I'm saying it will never be. I'm saying that I don't. I, I hate myself for even suggesting it, but WWE would do that just for the sake of it. Oh, I really hope that we don't have a day when Sin Cara holds a singles title in the WWE. I just, I think there's there's more substance behind a feud between Baron Corbin and Miz. There's actually a story there, yeah. as opposed to it being champion versus champion. You've got to keep it on Corbin. You've got to keep it on Corbin. What has Sin Cara got to offer this match, to offer this card, to offer the championship? Nothing. Nothing at all. I love the fact that Sin Cara is getting more TV time. Hopefully he's stopped botching. He hasn't botched as much, as far as I can see. Um, so yeah, push him. That's fine. Not now. Do not give him the championship. Yeah. You know, was it four or five days before the cha- before the pay per view? Don't do that. Do not do that. But yes, that is Survivor Series. So just a couple more things to talk about. Um, I don't know if we discussed the spate of releases. Uh, that saw Emma get released, um, along with Summer Rae and Darren Young. Genuinely did not realise Summer Rae was still with the company, so sorry, Summer Rae. Um, But Neville also walked out, but apparently, according to sources today and last night, he is in talks to return Mm. at the end of this month. Um, I hope that it's on SmackDown, and I'd love to see Neville holding the US title. Do you, do you think he's done in the Cruiserweight division then? I think I want him to be, and I hope he is, but do you think he is done in the Cruiserweight division? I think a massive reason for him leaving WWE in general was the fact that he was being for, he was being stunted creatively. I mean, Austin Aries has come out and said that he wasn't... All this stuff about him being put on the WrestleMania pre-show so wasn't getting a cut of the WrestleMania money, that's not why he left. He was told he was leaving. So I don't believe there's beef there, similar to Neville. I think he's a very, very proud athlete. And I think that being forced to job to Enzo Amore, who, let's not forget, is still being punished by the locker room, was just the straw that broke the camel's back because he wasn't treated the way he probably should be treated. He is an outstanding competitor. He's brilliant on the mic, and he is an excellent heel. You know... It's not like he's Jack Gallagher, who I think would really struggle to kind of transition onto the main roster. He could quite easily walk onto SmackDown tonight and he'd get a huge pop, a massive pop. He's got everything he needs to succeed on the the main roster. 205 Live, looking at it from a purely cynical point of view, because I think the show has gone completely downhill since he's left. You know, it wasn't the best anyway, but it's gone completely downhill since he's left. But I don't think they need him because ratings are up because of Enzo. So I don't think putting him back on 205 Live is going to benefit anyone. I think if he comes back, he is coming back on the main roster because that's his big thing. Yeah, I agree. And he's been there before and it worked before. Like, I remember when he nearly beat Seth Rollins for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship and if it weren't for like a subtle foot on the rope. And that was his kind of Jeff Hardy versus Undertaker ladder match for the undisputed title moment for, for, you know, old school fans. Like that's the kind of thing he needed to be doing. Now he's transitioned into a different role and he can be successful in that role. I really want to see him back. I think that it's in, it's exciting to think about the possibilities of these people elsewhere, 
But when I'm true to myself and when I really think about it, I think, you know what? Maybe it's great to see them elsewhere, but I am a WWE fan. That's yeah. that, that's the thing that some, so many people stretch out. They think it's great for them to be on the indies, These all, all these different superstars. It is, but let's not pretend like we're going to see them week to week. Let's not pretend like we're going to watch them week to week. Yeah, people like Ring of Honor. Yeah, people like TNA. Let's take a poll of people that watch Ring of Honor or have been to a Ring of Honor show in the UK and like like the guys involved. Let's take a poll and see how many of them tune in week on a weekly basis to watch it online or to go out their way and find Ring of Honor on a weekly basis. Because newsflash to some people, they do have a weekly show. It's just a case of it, it doesn't function properly in comparison to WWE. And no. yeah, we are WWE fans. So let's not pretend like we don't want to see all of them go in to WWE. The only reason we wouldn't want them to see them do that is if we're emotionally invested enough to the point where we want them to earn more money outside of WWE. Otherwise, don't kid yourselves, people. We want them in WWE. We want Neville in WWE. Unless you're Bray Wyatt. Unless you're Bray Wyatt, correct. <laughs> Bray, Bray Wyatt is uh, is the one is the one exception to that. Yeah, um, yeah completely in agreement. Completely in agreement. Uh, Paige is obviously on her way back, which we've spoken about. I hope she comes back. I hope she succeeds because she's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> rumour going round and I want you to debunk or agree with this so Daniel Bryan obviously his contract is up soon he will presumably go and wrestle somewhere and good for him you know can't wait to see some of his matches <laughs> have you heard who they are touting as the next Smackdown GM if uh, Daniel Bryan leaves uh, I haven't I haven't but I've been watching Total Divas lately and I, I fear I fear that if they're still doing what they were originally thinking of doing, is it Nikki Bella? It is indeed Nikki Bella. Oh, bollocks. What a bloody car crash that'll be. I said the same thing to my... my I watched it with my girlfriend and... Uh... Yeah, it's uh, not because... I will quickly point this out. Not because she is a woman. I think that, you know, she'd be fantastic, but I don't like her on the mic. Yeah. I think she comes across extremely fake. Extremely fake. Just, I don't listen to anything that comes out of her mouth. I don't rate her as a wrestler. I don't rate her on the mic. So please don't make a GM. Because, in my opinion, it just, it'll, no. I don't agree with it at all. Um, last thing on the news department. Have you been following the happenings in TNA or Impact or Global Force Wrestling or Impact? Um, depending on what they decided to call themselves today. Have you been following the goings-on? Um, I, From time to time, like every now and again, uh, in, in, what, what are we talking in terms of here? Well, <laughs> there was someone actually on Facebook, again, I haven't written the name down and I should have done, um, who posted a list of personnel who've left Impact this year. It's upwards of 30. My God. Like I'm talking personnel, ring crew, um, referees, you know, but you look at the top talent that has left Impact Wrestling this year, not just the Hardys, but you look at the top talent and then there's rumours going around that Ricochet and Tessa Blanchard are going to sign. No, sir. No. Absolutely not. TNA, Impact, whatever you want to call it, is a toxic environment. As you can see by the fact that they are now having to advertise uh, for their 
Ottawa shows, they are having to advertise and pay people $50 to arrive with their own signs to watch the show, to attend the tapings. Yeah. Good grief. You know your company is on a downward slope when that's the case. Yeah. it's, it's That's awful. Yeah. And I... It's a shame because I remember four years ago, a little little story for the listeners here. I went to watch um, I went to watch TNA Impact Wrestling at Wembley Arena. Saw Kurt Angle up close. Saw Kurt Angle up close. Kurt, did I say Kurt Angle twice? You did say Kurt Angle twice. Oh, yes. God, what's going on? Hogan, <laughs> sorry, and Kurt Angle. Um, and I saw them kind of a few rows back, and I remember thinking, you know what? Impact could be onto something there. Maybe maybe the old school guys are mixing well in, meshing well with the the new breed. And it's it is sad. Like I know we all like mocking them and stuff from time to time, but I think it's just very sad to be honest. It's it's upsetting in a way to see like because everyone likes wrestling and stuff like that, and obviously they've been the masters of their own downfall. But it, they could have had something on so many different occasions. But typical to their roots, typical to the comparisons to WCW, they found a way to mess it up. Absolutely. I mean, look no further than Taya Valkyrie, who signed with the company earlier this year with her real-life uh, fiancé, Johnny Mundo, or John Morrison, for those who know him from WWE, yeah. um, who's now Johnny Impact, because he's a man of many names. Um, but she's now left. You know, so... And this was before Bound for Glory, which was two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. So, you know, there's got to be something beyond behind the scenes. Look at the stuff with J- uh, Jeff Jarrett, for goodness sake. Yeah. You know, he's turned up drunk to shows, he's been given personal leave, and then he's just completely gone from the company. There's all the stuff with Alberto Alpatron. Uh, is he the champion? Is he not the champion? Is he suspended? Is he coming back? So it's, oh, good grief, it's a hot mess. And now there's rumours that they are moving their show entirely to Canada. So, <sighs> who'd be an Impact fan, Harry? Who'd be an Impact fan? God knows. Absolute torture. Get yourself some WWE guys and girls. I mean, they might be infuriating from time to time, but my God, at least we don't have to sit through this kind of crap. Absolutely. Right, final thing. It is the end of the year, or the end of the year is approaching, and we've got the Wrestling More End of Year Awards. So, I'm going to give you the category, and I want you to name your nomination, Harry. Okay. Is that all right? Yes. Oh, fun. I like this. Okay, so, first category, WWE. All these are WWE people, by the way. Uh, Thank you for the people that have already voted. We've had a load, an absolute load of responses to this, so I've had to tie them up. That took me a while. Um, So, the WWE Male Wrestler of the Year. Who are you going to give that to? Male Wrestler of the Year. Um, I think... Oh, I don't know. I, I, I was I was hoping to go for a quick response here, but I'm actually not actually entirely Absolutely sure. Absolutely fine, don't worry. Um, I, I feel like I feel like, in, in my opinion, the person I've enjoyed watching the most. I think you, you you can make an argument for someone like AJ because, but I think well, I think 2016 was his year. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, given the kind of trajectory of what he's done, and given how he. I think if, when you talk about fighting from adversity and consistently good matches, it sounds odd, but I'm actually going to go for Seth Rollins. Okay, interesting. You are not the only one who's thought that, by the way, so oh. good. Yeah, Seth Rollins. This, these are always my favourite. Who's your worst WWE male wrestler of the year? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Now, there's an obvious answer, of course, that we all 
no. Um, there would be yeah. a kind of a sarcastic one, I feel. Um, purely because of my own personal disdain and purely because I just, I'm just not on board at all. I'm going to go for Elias. Elias, wow. Okay. Right. Sorry, I'm writing these down That's as you're doing it. So, that... <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, female wrestler of the year. Uh, Alexa Bliss. I think that she's. Yeah. It's an easy one, just because I think that it, when you look at what everyone's done, I think Charlotte is the best, probably female wrestler in the company. But I think she mm-hmm. kind of tailed off quite a lot. Obviously, circumstances that weren't necessarily her fault. Alexa, in terms of in the ring, is improving, and Alexa, in terms of on the mic, is probably the best. I or at least one of the best. I'm I'm a Sasha fan in a, in a little sense. Like I think she's okay. I think she's good. I think she can be too cringy at times. I think Alexa. Yeah, Sasha's had a very forgettable year. Um, again, sorry to plug my own articles, people, but I've done an article of people who've had the worst 2017. It's not that Sasha's had a bad 2017, but when you compare it to a 2016 and her feud with Charlotte, the fact that she was the first woman to main event Hell in a Cell, to main event pay-per-view, sorry, to then be in a Hell in a Cell, I just feel like compared to that, she's not done anything this year, really, for me. Agreed. Um, worst female wrestler? Controversial? Uh, mm, oh, actually, no, I was going to say... You know what? I'm going to say it. Um, Natalia. Wow. It's Okay, it's a, so the current SmackDown Women's Champion. It's a personal gripe. I think that she's <laughs> overrated. I think that people say she can wrestle. Yes, she's very good at wrestling. Yes, has she been surpassed by a lot of females on the wrestler? I think so. I think that I don't enjoy watching her. I don't enjoy her cat ears thing. I don't enjoy her cat lady oh, thing. I don't enjoy her as champion. I thought I would enjoy her as champion for a long time. Like I've been watching since 2010. And when she won the title back then, it felt more important. And she won the table by putting people through a bloody pink table back in those days. So, yeah, I think Lana was up there in terms of in the running. But sue me. I liked the Naomi Lana match at Money in the Bank. And I Fair enough. I don't really enjoy Natalia matches anymore. No, no, I must admit I'm uh, I'm with you there. I find it bland and boring. Sorry, Natalia. I know you've paid your dues, but even so. Uh, tag team of the year? The Usos. Uh, yeah, I think it's that, an easy one for me as well. I mean, I could sit and listen to their theme song on repeat all day long. I, I, <laughs> I literally, I, I, I want to get to the point where I can sing it. It's fantastic. They're fantastic. Brilliant heels, putting on sensational matches. <sighs> Brilliant. All round, yeah. fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, followed, obviously, by Worst Tag Team of the Year. Worst Tag Team of the Year. Apollo Crews and Titus O'Neil. Wow, so Titus Worldwide. Titus Worldwide, I guess, yeah. It, it, can we can I count that? Would that? Does that count? Yeah, why not? Okay, yeah, I'm going to give Titus Worldwide. I think that I like both guys individually, but the morals are off, the logic is off. Doesn't make much sense to me. No, we've. it's weird, actually, because that is the... That's the category where we've had the most nominations. I mean, we've had the Hype Bros, the Ascension, the Colons, the Revival, the Good Brothers, the Usos, the Vord Villains, Titus Worldwide. We've had all. We've basically had every tag team voted as the worst tag team of the year, least, which is uh, least, someone has voted the Usos. Yeah, uh, what? I know. At least, <laughs> at least the Ascension are doing something amusing on all the uh, the skits that they get, they do. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Um, WWE Match of the Year. Oh, you know, I think this one's going to be 
this one's going to be a little bit biased for me. Um, I've wanted to go to WrestleMania for a long, long time. I think some yeah. listening to this will know that. It was a childhood dream, and I know it's corny, cheesy to say, but it was everything to me to, to go to, to that. Um, and since I was young, I've had one wrestler, one favorite wrestler, one, you know, one person who was I, I, like just stuck out to me and resonated through me. And I followed his entire career. And that person's Jeff Hardy. And I, I don't think there's going to be a better wrestling moment for a long time for me than when they returned the, the Hardy boys. So I'm going to go for the fatal four way tag ladder match for the WWE raw tag team championships from WrestleMania 33. Yeah. You are not the first person to vote for that match. Yes. Um, I mean, I voted for um, Tyler Bay versus Pete Dunne from TakeOver Chicago. That was my back. But, yeah, but, you know, actually being there at that WrestleMania moment, you can't you can't beat that. No. So, I completely understand. I feel I can imagine <laughs> what you're going to vote for for this. Worst WWE match of the year. Oh, worst WWE match of the year. Now, there's been quite a few contenders for this and I again I'm going to have to go for a Wrestlemania 33 special I know what you're going for (laughs) we've already spoken about it during this uh, this podcast I'm going to go for the PowerPoint presentation of the year Uh, I'm going to go for the match that literally halfway through I thought to myself yep yep he's going to beat him with one RKO that's going to happen Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt for the WWE Championship, which went 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Good grief, did it go that long? It felt, it well, it felt longer. Yep. It genuinely felt longer. It was, uh, oh yeah, it was It was dreadful. It was. Um, feud of the year. Feud of the year. Um, I, I'm trying not to pick WrestleMania one now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you pick WrestleMania if that's the one you know for you. What I'm gonna do it. Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Um, Rollins Triple I, H. Yeah. I just like the story, and I think that even like Seth bashing his knee up as well really added to it. I thought the payoff was fantastic. I thought it's a match that was nearly two years in the making, and the great thing was they told every element of the story that they needed to tell. They 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 made it feel special and that's yeah. my thing with wrestling making things feel special so for the third wrestlemania nomination i'm going <laughs> against triple h <laughs> right well i feel this is a moot uh category then so wwe pay-per-view of the year oh. i'm not even going to ask i'm just going to put i'm just going to put because i know what you're going to say well i think so i would i will say hang on right list of wwe papers i'm going to cut up and i'm going to look at the ones <laughs> um just to make sure i'm not being overly biased I don't think you are. No. Um, let me look. Right. 2017. The Rumble was... Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go through all of them. The Rumble was okay. <laughs> the Elimination Chamber was okay. Fastlane was not okay. Fastlane made me sad. Terrible. Payback was... Yeah. Backlash was... Yeah. Ugh. Extreme oh, Rules, I liked. I did like Extreme Rules. Money in the Bank was yeah. okay. Great Balls of Fire, I thought was... I thought was really good. I thought Great Balls yeah. of Fire was particularly strong. Um, Battleground was one of the worst three hours of my life. No Mercy yep. was good, but I thought Braun versus Brock could have been better. Hell in a Cell, I really enjoyed the finish, but I wasn't sure about crazy about the rest. TLC was okay. SummerSlam was... Mm, yeah, the last few SummerSlam, I don't know. Yeah, it's WrestleMania 33. 
yeah, I voted for that one as well. Um, just so you know, uh, Elimination Chamber's been nominated. Hell in a Cell's been nominated. Great Balls of Fire has been nominated. Obviously, WrestleMania 33 and TLC has been nominated. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't put it past. I think they're all they're, they're, there's viable candidates in there. Yeah, they were all good pay per views. Um, worst WWE pay per view of the year. Battleground. Absolutely, hands down, Battleground. It was, it was genuinely. You know, when you think to people, you think to yourself, I wonder if I could get any of my mates into wrestling. <laughs> and then you watch this mat, you watch this pay per view, and think, there's three hours of this. Still- you know, you watch three or four matches, and you look and go. Bloody hell, there's still an hour and a half of this left. Yeah. Um, it was it was a slog. It was a massive slog. Really bad. Um, last couple of categories. Most improved act. Is that just a general performer? General performer, yeah. Can be a tag team if you want it to be. Most improved act. Um, I think Braun. I think that. Yeah. I think he's just continued to get better, and I think that. Given given everything about him, that he's more of a homegrown talent and all of that, I think the fact that he's continued to get better bit by bit is, I think that is what makes Braun Braun. And yeah, Braun Strowman. Okay. Um. So the Golden Prospect Award, and we're giving this to someone who we feel has got a lot of promise going forward. So people have nominated Alistair Black, Adam Cole, The Street Profits, Pete Dunne, Velveteen Dream, The Undisputed Era the kind of person that we think is going to make a big splash when they go into the main roster, or indeed someone who's debuted on the main roster that's already made a big splash. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I'm... I'm going to go... I think I am going to go NXT. And... I'm going to go... I'm going to go for... Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano. I think that okay. he's got a lot more to him than people think. And I think that he's still relatively young. I think he's, th- he's 30. Yeah, well, he is young. He's, he's he is young. In wrestling terms, I think he's got a good look. I think that once the Champa thing comes back around, which may be in time for you know next year's WrestleMania takeover, I think that's going to work really well for him, work in his favour. I think that can yeah. a good bit of momentum, eventually take him up to the main roster. Let him talk a bit, maybe put him with Candice LeRae, his real-life wife, for a little bit. I mean, she, work. she will be a fan magnet for you know positive energy given the oh god yeah her personality and her character um yeah johnny gargano okay johnny gargano um last three categories wwe most underused talent and we have got a lot of nominations here people apparently not happy about the uh a lot of talent on this roster i'm good it's biased um Actually, oh, I don't know. Actually, no. I was going to say Sami Zayn, but they can't. I can't really say that anymore. Um, I was just going to say the, the uh, storyline over the last couple of weeks. Rusev potentially. Rusev. Yeah. Okay. Just to give you some indication, by the way, of the talent that we've got on this nominated: Becky Lynch, Neville, our truth, weirdly, uh, Rusev, Luke Harper, Curtis Axel, Austin Aries before his departure. Ty Dillinger, Emma, Mike Kanellis, and my personal favourite, someone believes that Randy Orton is the most underused talent on, uh, on, the, on the roster. That, so there we go. Is that some kind of sick joke? I certainly hope so. But it was, uh, it was a vote, therefore I have counted it. 
Yeah. Uh, promo of the year. Um, promo of the year. Oh god, I'm gonna have to think about this one. Um, would you like me to read out some of the things that people have nominated yeah. to give you some time? Okay. So we had my personal favourite, the one that John Cena cut on Roman Reigns about the past drug test, oh. which I thought that was fantastic. Um, another personal favourite, Roman Reigns post-Mania 33, when he just said, it's my yard now and left. Oh my God, I was there for that. That made me so angry. I know, but what a promo. Yeah. What a promo. Um, we have just the entire of everything Shane and Kevin Owens have done. Um, the Festival of Friendship on Raw. Um, the Miz on Cena. And <laughs> just Chris Jericho in general. Hmm. I'm. Hmm. Romans was good, but it, I feel like I'd have to give that award to myself if I was going to pick Romans one because I was in that crowd. So I'm taking credit for his promo because I. That sounds I, good. I believe I bled it out of him. Like me personally, forget the other thousand <laughs> people. That. Um, I'm going to go with Paul Heyman's promo last night. Do you know what? I was meant to mention that. I put it in the notes and everything. I completely forgot to mention it. <laughs> Very good. Couple getting engaged and he inter and uh, being interrupted, and he continues to like that quick where Brock loved it. Um, made AJ feel like a genuine threat. Made me want to watch AJ versus Brock. You know, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. I agree. I agree. Really good. Really good promo. And finally, the last wrestling and more award category is best theme. Oh no! Don't do this to me. <laughs> it was uh, it was a difficult one for me. It's between two. It's it's. Oh, Who were the two? Sami Zayn and the Usos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you have already mentioned the Usos about how good their theme is. I can't. I can't go against my boy. It's Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Okay. So, some really good nominations there, and. Yeah, that is it. Thank you so much for listening to us, ladies and gentlemen. We have managed to keep this relatively quick compared to our first podcast. Mm. Um, but if you enjoyed hearing the podcast, please talk to us on social media. Follow us at WAM Podcast UK on Twitter. You can follow me at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Where can they follow you, Harry? At HJ Kettle for the love of God. Watch the Survivor Series, people. I know we crap on WWE a lot, but look at that card. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Watch it. This the pay per view is going to be absolutely brilliant, and I don't feel like we've mentioned enough um, NXT War Games. That is going to be an outstanding pay per view as well. Watch that if you can the night before. It's going to be brilliant. Um, but in the meantime, like the Facebook page for more wrestling content, polls, debates. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and to the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to visit the website at www.wrestlingandmoreblog.weebly.com. Get your votes in for the Wrestling and More End of Year Wrestling Awards on Facebook, and you can vote on the website. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode of Ring Rope Roundup with me and Harry. We will talk to you guys again soon. 